Well, hey there, everybody. Howdy, buzzards. This is Macy. This is Nicole. And you're listening to Buzz Killers. The giggle turned into full-blown laughter this time. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't help it. We have somebody here with us, guys. (laughs) And uh, she made a face. (laughs) She's just just (laughs) sitting in. (laughs) So you know what, my friend, you've you've heard her before, Erin. Yes. She is, she did the Letchworth episode with us, and she sat in on a few others. (laughs) (laughs) Stop saying you're sorry. They were great episodes. They were great episodes. But she's just sitting in. She doesn't have a microphone this time, but she wants to just chill and listen. She She might grab my mic and say some words if she feels the need. She wants to hear the spook spook. She wants to hear the spook. If you guys didn't already know, which I (laughs) hope you did, it is Ed and Lorraine Warren month. Hell yes. We told you we were doing something exciting for our birth month, and here it is. Yeah. The Warrens. And there's more exciting things coming, special guests, and fun things for Patreon. Yes, go to Patreon. There's going to be all these special things coming out for Patreon. It's been a little quiet since we started it, but we have everything planned for the month of July. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> there will be content. lots over on Patreon, so if you haven't subscribed, please check out our Patreon. We would very much appreciate it. Yes, we love you so much. So much. Okay, Nicole. What so are we drinking? Guys, we're back to Michael David Winery. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we never leave. <laughs> it's a problem. We love them. Um, so we are drinking the sixth sixth sense Syrah. Say that twenty fucking times fast. Happy dead people. <laughs> <laughs> it's the the bottle is really cool. It's got like. A hand. Little, like haunting things all over it. The hand, the eye in it. And yeah, and it has a skull with like flowers. Um, <laughs> uh, so this, and we'll read you the description that's coming straight from their website. And we haven't, t- we haven't tried this yet, guys. So here are your mouthfeels. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Surrounded by the mysterious shadows of the sixth sense, this velvety Syrah opens with aromas of ripe blackberry, boysenberry, and fig, laced Ooh. with dark chocolate and allspice. Full-bodied with noticeable tannins, flavors of black raspberry, coffee bean, and tobacco are layered through the lingering finish. Hmm. 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 Also, this is a 15 percenter. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> okay. We going down. We're going to have a fun time I'm today. I'm yelling timber. I'm timber. You better move. All right. Let's try it. I like it. Oh, my God. I like that a lot. I really like that. I like that more and more than I expected. I know we had we had trouble with Michael David's other Syrah. The, pe- the Petite Syrah. The, yeah, Syrah. the Petite, pe- Petite. I think it was a Petite Petite Syrah. Is it Petite Petite Syrah or is it Petite Syrah Syrah? Because I feel like I had to spell Syrah twice. Maybe it's Petite. I don't. <laughs> guys. I was too drunk to know. Michael David Winery. Petite. Syrah. Petite Petite. Okay, you were right. Not Sarah, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, Sarah, it makes Sarah. That's, I was going to say it makes me think of Umbrella Academy when she's like, Sarah, Sarah. Whatever will be, will be. <laughs> yeah, I see. Patty, oh. patty. Patty, patty. Oh, I remember because it was petite. And then the next one is P-E-T-I-T with o, without an E. Yeah. But the other one was significantly more difficult to drink than this one was. Yeah, a little heavy. Heavier. Yeah. Heavier. Way heavier. I really like this. Mm-hmm. This is dangerous. Yep. Okay. <laughs> wait, wait. 
What's your rating? Oh, shit. Out of five. A five. I think I'd give it a five out of five. I was going to say, I was going to give it a five. So 10 out of 10 mouthfeels. Guys, 10 out of 10 mouthfeels. Highly recommended. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that awkward hanging note was at the end of that sentence. Yay. <laughs> I feel like we're like extra like awkward today. <laughs> it's weird having an audience member. It is weird having an audience member. We're practicing member. for our live shows. <laughs> I'm dreaming big, okay. Long stack kill. I've already decided on the on the song that we're gonna walk out to. Motley Crew. <laughs> Motley Crew looks, looks to, to kill. kill. <laughs> She's got the looks to kill. Yeah. That's that's what we're gonna walk into. We're gonna show up in our bloody headbands and red tie-dyed dresses and <laughs> and wouldn't be surprised if we came out in matching outfits no i currently we currently do own an entire outfit that we could match the black dress the with the headband in the earrings in the earrings oh. i almost bought us the blood chokers i would never wear that i have so to that admit was, it that's exactly what i said i was like the only time i'm ever gonna wear this is like Sticky the day too, of it? halloween yeah it's like rubber yeah, it's like that stuff that you put on the walls. Yeah, like we did like the hands. And it stuff literally would Halloween. like stick to you. Yeah, so guys, <laughs> guys, on um, I don't you know, didn't if know what you were <laughs> talking about. <laughs> there's a website that, that both of us shop on. Um, I think it's pronounced Sheen. Is it Sheen? I always call it Sheen. I call it Sheen too. I don't know. I think it's pronounced Sheen though. I think that's how you're supposed to say it. But they have really cheap jewelry, and we both got like these hatchet earrings. They're the best. They're freaking awesome. And I was when I searched those, I got this this choker necklace that came up, and it's literally it looks like dripping blood. So like it looks like somebody like slit your throat. Slit your throat. Yeah. And it's really cool. And I was like, this is awesome. And I was like, when the fuck am I gonna wear this? Never. Literally for a Halloween costume, and that's it. I've only worn those hatchet earrings once yet, but I'm like, I can't be my spooky self every day. See, that's, well, that's <laughs> not at my job. <laughs> well, you work with children. <laughs> you I definitely work with should children. Have. Well, that's like, and now I can't, and now I'm freaking business. Casual. Business, business, casual. And I'm like, well, there goes all of my comfy and or spooky clothes because fuck. <laughs> they don't have like casual Friday. She said sometimes once a month. Once a month? Yeah, I was like. That's really sad. <laughs> I have like a really comfy new sweatshirt that I just got that I love. Oh. So I guess I get to wear it at home. That's where I wear all of my spooky clothes. And to the gym. Yeah. I wear them to the gym. Because I go to the rock climbing gym but now. But I got like, I got those sword, I got those sword earrings though. The sword ones? That are like discreet because they have like flowers on the handle. And oh, so really? it, they just look like long pendants, but it's like a sword. And they were literally like sword earring, like that was their description. But they have like little flowers. On I them. bought They're the butcher silver. knife, and They're they hang down to my collarbone. I think I showed. I thought I showed them to you. I don't remember. Probably we text all the time. We do <laughs> a lot. Not lately, because no. I'm like she's in her first week of work. I'm not gonna bother her. Oh, I've been absolutely terrified because there's like this. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, like you do the thing where you get a new job and you, you read the handbook and you're right. like, okay, you well, your training week or there's whatever. all this and I'm being trained. And like, I do share an office with the woman who's above me, but she's so very lax is what I'm just, was what I'm discovering. And she's absolutely amazing. And I very much like read her wrong the first few days. <laughs> and now she's like the greatest human. <laughs> oh, that's good. Though. She came in the other day and was like. I was like, because I got there early because I brought a bunch of stuff in because, like, I'm me and I like my own little accessories from a desk and shit. Yeah. And so I was setting up and she comes in and she's like, you're here early. And she walked in at, like, 8, 10. I'm like, we're supposed to be here at 8 o'clock. But okay. <laughs> and she was is like. This like a, is this, like, a half an hour kind of leniency <laughs> thing? 
or we're sal- <laughs> we're salaried. Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> but she, she and so she like comes in and sits down, and I was like, um, hey, like, what do we do with? And she was like, hold on, we'll get to that in a few minutes. I need like forty five minutes for my coffee to kick in. And I was like. Cool. I cool. I <laughs> sat there and played solitaire for forty five minutes. That's fine with me. <laughs> but yeah, I like my new job. Huzzah! Huzzah! That's all that matters. Yes. Okay. So Macy, <laughs> what are we talking about today? Today, today. <laughs> we are talking about <laughs> blood suckers. Uh, we no. are talking about the vampires. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> the Warrens never investigated vampires, although I would not be surprised if they did. Um, that would actually be pretty cool. That would have been fucking sweet. Uh, <laughs> we are talking about the Smurl family haunting. Ooh. Very similar to the Snedeker family haunting. <laughs> uh, so, sorry. Sorry, not sorry. It wasn't my case. I'm just telling you about it. So here we go. The listeners will love it. I know. If they don't love it, I'm sorry you can leave. (laughs) But come back next week. But come back next time. Thank you. (laughs) Promise Um, next week I won't have a terrible Russian accent, all right? No, it's fine. You put the vodka in the water bottle. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So this whole case takes place at 328-330 Chase Street, West Pittston, PA. Pennsylvania. Do not harass these yeah, do, people that live there. Wait, well, I'm, t- I'm, I'm assuming the house is still there. Yeah, it's still there. Okay, that I'm was pretty just, sure. That was an assumption that I was like, wait, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for you to be like, um, the house burned down or like something. They tore it down. <laughs> no, it's there. it's literally a parking garage. Like, no, it's, as far as I'm aware, it's still there. Um, but remember our rule: there is no harassing people. These people just live there. Let them live their lives. Yeah, they're not asking for publicity, so. Leave them, leave them <laughs> the fuck alone. Um, Be nice. It, it was a duplex, so that's why 328, 330. Mm-hmm. And it was built in 1896. Um, apparently, according to the book that was written on this case, which is The the Haunting of... Uh, hang on, I have the whole... Why don't I... Why don't I ever just, like, read what I actually wrote? The read. Haunted, One Family's Nightmare. <laughs> that's the story. <laughs> Who's um, it written by? It's by Ed and Lorraine Warren. Oh, okay. Uh, Jack and Janet Smurl, who are the the. Oh wow! So team. they all wrote it together. Yep. And then a reporter um, named Robert Curran. That's really cool. Yeah, they all wrote it together. Um, I didn't finish the book, guys. I'm sorry. Um, it's very but hard that's okay. to read and research and work and also live a life. Yeah. So I but I got a lot of it. I got like halfway through. So, yeah. um. Apparently, according to this book, there were rumors that this house had been haunted for, like, years. Um, well, sorry, I wrote decades. <laughs> decades. Um, <laughs> neighbors have apparently called the police on several occasions because, like, they've heard, heard, weird, heard weird shit. I can't talk. But, um... There are no records of this, of course. So. Oh, of course not. <laughs> but apparently it was, um haunted for a while um so west pittston that's gonna i'm gonna have a really hard time with that west pittston um pennsylvania is a town of ten thousand people and it's built on anthracite coal mines like over top anthracite coal mines. bless you what is that um (laughs) (laughs) anthracite is like the best type of coal that you can get it burns really slow and really hot 
Okay. Um, I did not know this. And it gave, obviously, this industry gave the area, like, a lot of wealth. Yeah, it's for prob- a while. probably what developed the town in the first place. Yeah. Um, but the mines, which eventually were filled with water and then in the 30s and 40s, mm-hmm. um, caused many homes to cave in. <laughs> like, between six inches to a foot and s- in some cases, like, 64 inches. Huh? <gasps> So, um, that's not good. That's and then obviously there were a lot of five feet. <laughs> <laughs> and then obviously there probably were a lot of like explosions and deaths in the mines. So that probably yeah. kind of creates some sort of activity. terrible, almost like terrible energy that runs beneath the town. And if those things were f- also filled with water, that means there's water that runs under there, and water carries energy. I think it might be still. I don't really? think it runs. It doesn't like travel through the soil. As fa- I mean, as okay. far as I'm aware, I don't know. Interesting. Okay. Um, <laughs> like I said, neighbors have heard noises coming from the house even when it was unoccupied. <laughs> like nobody's living there. And this happens a couple of times during this story as well. They go out of town. Weird shit happens. Oh, my God. Um, so <laughs> this story starts with the story. I mean, this case. It's real. Um, It starts with um, Jack Smurl. Mm -hmm. He grew up in the area. um, And actually, this is very close to Scranton. Is it really? Um, And they talk about Wilkes Bar a lot, which is something that they also talk about in the office a lot. Yeah. I was just going to say, I know that name. Yeah. (laughs) He lived in Wilkes Bar as a kid. um, Happy childhood. There's not a ton about Mm -hmm. either of their, like, young adult lives really but happy healthy children yeah um he was he did end up going to the navy for a while and the book said that while in the navy he was a neuropsychiatric technician oh um and he assisted with electroshock treatment oh no um those who don't know ect electroconvulsive therapy is the passing of an electric current through the human brain for a short amount of time. Okay. Um, uh, he mo- When he got out of the Navy, he moved back to Pennsylvania and began a job at the Topps Chewing Gum Company. <laughs> I don't know what that is, but... I say I've never heard of it, so it must be gone. Maybe. Kind of sad. <laughs> um, his wife's name was Janet Smurl, maiden name Demahosky. I'm really glad I don't have to say that again. It's kind of fancy. I like um, that. <laughs> there's a little bit more about her, like, younger life. Mm-hmm. Um, she was raised by a single mother after her parents got divorced. Okay. She went to um, Northeast High School in the Wilkes Bar area. And she also, after high school, worked at the Tops Chewing Gum Company. Oh, okay. Um, but they didn't meet for, like, a whole year, the two of them. Must have been a big freaking company. Yeah, it's huge. <laughs> um, and she met Jack at a Christmas party in 1967. Um, and they got married a year later on December 28th of 1968. Hmm. Fun fact, they lived with Jack's parents. Okay. Uh, John and Mary. And I <laughs> believe while they were living with them, they had two of their daughters. They have four. Okay. Um, two were born prior to living in the home on Chase Street. And I think the other two were born like very early on in their time at Chase Street. Hmm. Um, and this family, I just want to put that at this out there, really, really religious, like super religious, mm-hmm. very Roman Catholic, 
tight-knit family so like it was kind of strange because normally like these kinds of things happen to families that are like falling apart or something you know like things like that yeah um so in 1972 hurricane agnes flooded their home with 12 feet of water and the family renovated the house but a like redevelopment company took it over and like forced them out which i was like uh how but okay (laughs) i was gonna say how do you just like like no this is my home now get out <laughs> yeah yeah I don't <laughs> like, um, squatters rights no what no but, get uh, my house get out <laughs> <laughs> but okay so um john and mary smurl after this incident bought the house on chase street okay um and they paid eighteen thousand dollars for it isn't that amazing my car was just about that price and do you want to hear something awesome my car <laughs> they sold the 328 side to jack and janet for four thousand dollars what? Um, I wish that I could have a house for four thousand dollars. That would that four thousand dollars is literally two and a half months worth of rent for me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, what the fuck? Could we go back to these times? Right. I'm sorry. I would like an don't entire half of a house for fucking four grand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and the family, all of them. So Jack and Janet lived on the three twenty eight side, okay. and John. They're all like Jack, Janet, John. Ugh. And John and like Mary. Like your husband's brothers. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I forgot about that. Yeah. they. So the parents lived on the 330 side, and the Jack and Janet and their kids lived on the 328 side. Okay. Um, And they moved in in, did I say this, October 1st of 1973? Possibly. Well, I'm saying it again, if I didn't say it before. We're being extra clear. <laughs> my next little thing here is called Blissful Beginnings. <laughs> Um, initially when they moved into the house, everything seemed fine. At least for the first 18 months, they had their second, they had twins. So they had like two daughters and then they had a set of twins. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll, I, I know I wrote their names down somewhere, but sorry for not telling you what they are right now. Um, <laughs> we'll find out soon. Yeah. Uh, Janet was really active in the Pittston community. She helped form the West Pittston, Pittston. Lioness, Lionesses Club okay. served as its first president. Um, she organized a chapter of Students Against Drunk Driving at the local high school. Oh, um, good for her. Both of them formed a girls softball league, which their two older daughters played on. Jesus. They worked the um, Cherry Blossom Festival, which helped, um, you know, community civic and youth groups, like, raise money. Um, How did these people live how did they work and go do all this shit and go to church and take care of their kids and i don't get it. i can like hardly work a 40-hour job and research for this podcast i know <laughs> like i can't do god, all this outside shit god damn how do people do that <laughs> um jack was active in the west pitson lions club pitston i'm gonna say pitson all the time i'm sorry <laughs> pitzels what we- pitzels um <laughs> west pitston lions club and he was their secretary for two years normal happy everything was all everything was all roses and and sunshine (laughs) um so stuff starts getting kind of weird in uh 1974 they start like noticing just weird things happening yeah they bought like this rug they said it was a red rug they were very specific (laughs) um (laughs) 
and they found like this weird stain on it. Like they just bought this and they rolled it out and they, you know, walked on it a couple days. And then all of a sudden there's like this weird stain and they asked all the kids. Nobody had spilled anything. They cleaned it. And then it kept reappearing no matter how much they cleaned. So eventually they threw it out and bought another one and it didn't seem to happen to that one. It just really hated red. It didn't like the red one. Uh, <laughs> fuck your red carpet. Fuck your red carpet. Um, they had like weird things that would like randomly burst into flames. Their tea, um, their electric stove just days after purchase. That's concerning. Yep. The wiring in Jack's car just after he, he purchased His car? It. Yeah. <laughs> I know they need warranties <laughs> for that. Um, but like the TV set, they had, and like the movie. I, there's a movie about this um, called The Haunted. It was made in 1991. Um, they depicted like a toaster catching on fire. It wasn't even plugged in. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I can't recall in the book if they said that happened or not. But it happened in the movie, and it's based on the book, so I'm assuming. But um, I don't. I feel like I would have written that down. I would have remembered yeah. it. But okay. I feel like they would have specifically gone out of their way to be like, oh, by the way, it wasn't plugged in. Oh, they did. The it TV was not plugged in. Things like that were oh. not plugged in. The electric stove was like brand new. It shouldn't have had any problems. Very Oh, weird. shit. Okay. So like the TV was not plugged in when that happened. At least the TV. I mean, if the toaster thing happened, that's scary too. Um, <laughs> the family renovated the duplex together. Like mm -hmm. all of them together. And, but I think it was, like, mostly Jack and John. Like, they did the heavy yeah. work. Um, Jack and John did the plumbing for the house, like, redid the whole plumbing, and they were constantly having problems with it. John had welded pipes together when he updated it, mm -hmm. and, like, they kept leaking, and he would fix it, and then they would leak again. And all of these, like, small renovation projects that should have taken, like, hours took days. Ugh. like weeks because things kept going wrong it was just bad um they would like paint things and find like claw marks <coughs> in the paint no thank you uh they would find it in like brand new like moldings and stuff that they would put up and like all of a sudden there'd just be scratches in them like weird no um they said that they even found a scratch in their porcelain bathroom sink i was like that's difficult to do that's extremely difficult to do but that's the book don't quote me on it <laughs> i'm just re repeating what they said um doors would open and close on their own so would kitchen drawers and cabinets mm -hmm. lights would turn on and off inexplicably and at one point, Janet even called the electrical company because she was like, what the fuck? Why is my house fucked? Why <laughs> is this happening? And they couldn't figure it out. Um, at some point in 1975, sorry, guys, dates. This is all really hard. Yeah. The timeline on this was like kind of difficult. Yeah, It just gives like a year. Yeah. It just gave me a year. It didn't give me dates. And like all of the articles are not specific. Yeah. So. Um, their daughter Dawn at some point in 1975, sorry, daughter Dawn, <laughs> that's the oldest one. Um, she ran into her parents' bedroom like several times saying that there were people floating in her room. Goodbye. And Jack would get up to go check it out and there'd be nothing there. Of course. Um, so by 1977, the Smurls were very aware 
that there was weird shit going on in their house. <laughs> <laughs> um, like toilets would flush on their own when there was nobody in the bathroom. Radios would turn on at full blast when they were not plugged in. Um, and the family would hear footsteps like constantly. And things also start going missing at this point. Like uh. I put down this hammer and I turned around and then I turned back to look for the hammer and it's gone. Nope. Like, I'm out. Yeah, oh, I'm out of your 5,000. Goodbye. Yeah. In the, in the movie, they actually had this scene where like Jack was like fixing something under the sink and he put down the, put down the hammer. That's why that was like the, mm-hmm. <laughs> the reference I thought of. Uh-huh. And he went to like talk to somebody or something or one of the kids came up to him and said, dad, look what I'm doing. And he's like, oh yeah, yeah, that's cool. And then turned to go get the hammer again. It was gone. And he went and talked to his dad and was like, did you take the hammer? The dad was like, no, Janet hadn't taken it. His mom hadn't taken it. So Damn we went, it, Janet. Damn it, Janet. That's, oh, my God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I was like, I'm waiting for the moment to drop the damn it, Janet. That's um, all I can think of. Um, so he, like, in the movie, he went back to the sink and started trying to do what he was doing with, like, a wrench or something, which, like, did not. Those are much different than much hammers. Much different. But then he <laughs> turned back around, and there was the fucking hammer. I I would literally stare up into the nothing and be like, fucking seriously? They You're are, just pissing me off. <laughs> I'm not sure if they think it's ghosts. I'm not really sure what they think it is at this point. But they definitely are like, the fuck this is weird. I'd be like, my kids are fucking with me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, By 1983, everyone in the house started smelling like awful things. Ooh, they would smell smells like. Such a sign of demons sewage and uh rotting flesh i mean they say rotting flesh but i don't i mean i don't know what rotting flesh smells like i'm gonna so imagine it's very bad things i mean bad <laughs> i know it smells bad but i feel like that's a very like specific thing to say i gotta get my wine uh, <laughs> drink that wine um jack said that he first recalled smelling like us like these weird old odors um, when he was, like, praying with his rosary. No. No, no. Um, no, no, no. The couple contacted, the like, the people who were, like, running the mines. They, I don't think, like, all of them were in operation. But, like, I'm not even really sure. But they called. I know, like, in Scranton, you can, like, go down in the mine shaft. As, like, that. Did you, you, wait, you that? can? Yeah, I think so, in Scranton. Ooh. Um, at least that's what they say in the office. <laughs> um. They contacted them to see if, like, the strange activity was um, being caused by subsidence, which is, I have a definition. Okay. <laughs> which is the gradual caving in or sinking of land. Um, so they thought, like, maybe their house was, like, starting to sink or something, but that yeah. wouldn't explain things say, going fucking missing. Well, I was going to say, that I don't understand how a sinking house would cause weird smells and or just hide your items. What? I, I don't. Well, yeah, it, mm-hmm. um, oh, it fell into a sinkhole and then the sinkhole spit it back out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the <laughs> mines, the mines told them to like go look for physical signs, like to see if their like um, foundation was like lower and they couldn't find anything. OK. Um, Janet and Mary were both stay at home wives and mothers um, and they would hear voices calling their names. Like, there's this scene in the movie where Janet is downstairs in, the, like, the laundry room doing laundry, and she keeps hearing her name being called by Mary. 
And she comes upstairs and is like, Mary, Mary, what's going on? What's going on? And Mary's like, I wasn't talking to you. <laughs> I didn't say anything. I didn't say anything. It was weird. <laughs> um, and Jack and Janet would always try to, like, debunk stuff. They'd try to figure out what was happening. Oh, it's just a gust of wind. Oh, it's this. But they never really could. They tried to, like, they like they, they were like, oh, well, maybe I can explain this away. But they never really could truly debunk it. Ugh. Um, the house would be freezing, even though the thermostat was up. Um, and one weird thing that happened, Mary Smurl <laughs> actually, bless you. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Mary Smurl actually at one point got really mad at Janet because she had heard through the wall, because it's a duplex, they shared a wall, this awful fight where she heard Janet and Jack yelling at each other and oh. like just screaming like, fuck you, fuck this, like Ooh. expletives, like everywhere. And they weren't like that. And so she was like, I'm mad at you. And Janet was like, what are you fucking talking about? <laughs> she didn't say fucking. I just me. <laughs> um, but she was like, what are you talking about? Jack and I weren't fighting. He's not even home. And she was like, damn it, Janet. I heard a fight. And she, she was like, damn it, Janet. I'm damn it, Janet. I'm going to find every way I can to say damn it, Janet, during this um, episode. <laughs> so this is when stuff gets weird. One day. It's not weird already. <laughs> it's not weird already. It's, it gets weirder. Um, Janet is home alone. And mm-hmm. she's, I think they said she was in the kitchen doing um, dishes. Pilates. What? Pilates. <laughs> yes. Dishes. Um, those are the same thing. Totally the same thing. Um, and she sees this black figure. No. Wearing a cape. Question mark. Dark Superman. Um, had no facial features on the, this thing. It was just like black, and it went past her into the living room and disappeared. And Janet was freaked out, and so she ran over to Mary. Good. Mary <laughs> had seen the same thing. No. Yeah. Um. Wait, like the same at the same time, the same so day, or like. The same time. So it had gone through the wall <gasps> into Mary's apartment. Oh, she saw And she saw it right after Janet did. I just got the chills. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> nope. And this is when finally, like, I think in the movie, at least, this is what they say, that, like, Mary and Janet, like, really believed that there was activity going on and it was paranormal and the guys didn't really believe it. And, like, this is kind of when both of them come together and say, we both fucking saw this. Yeah. And the guys are still kind of like, but they start to come around. (laughs) Crazy women on their periods and shit. This is when Jack kind of starts beginning to lose his temper really quickly. Ooh. He was like a pretty mild mannered, calm dude. And so that was not, that was very uncharacteristic Mm -hmm. for him to just kind of fly off the handle. Yeah. Um, and Janet starts showing signs of severe anxiety, like to the point where at, at least in the book, in the movie, her kids start noticing and her daughter's like, uh, are you okay? (laughs) Mom, (laughs) mom, maybe you should get out of the house. Um, so the next kind of big thing that happens other than this, no featured faceless black figure. Yep. Um, is on the night of their other daughter, her name is Shannon, her confirmation. This is the second oldest daughter. Okay. Um, she was – oh, no, wait, I'm sorry. I should just look up their names. Let's do it right now. Da-da-doo. 
Jack, the the wife, obviously Janet. Dawn is the oldest. Heather, Karen, and Shannon. Holy daughters. Okay. Um, at the time of all of this, Dawn was seventeen. Heather was fourteen, and Karen and Shannon, the twins, were eight. So this was Shannon that this happened to. Okay. They all saw it, but this happened to Shannon. Oh, poor Shannon. Um, okay. <laughs> They're all kind of sitting in the kitchen, getting ready for um, Heather's confirmation. She's the second oldest. Okay. <laughs> so they're all kind of hanging out in the kitchen, getting ready. And the light fixture in the kitchen, which was very heavy, breaks out of the ceiling <laughs> and comes crashing down Ooh. onto Shannon's shoulder. Oh, ouch. Um, and this was installed by Jack and John themselves with 14 millimeter bolts, which are like heavy duty fucking shit. This shit shouldn't have moved. It should not have moved. For like a very fucking long time. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they oh. were like, they said that the bolts were ripped out of the hardwood. It didn't just like fall. They no, were it didn't fall. Yanked. It was yanked. That's um, fucking scary. They decide to not let this ruin their night and go on to Heather's confirmation. Um, is Heather, like, fucking okay? It's Shannon. Shan- I'm sorry, Shan- is she okay? They, Yeah, she was fine. She was obviously really scared and traumatized, but she was not really hurt. Okay. She, like, That's it good, just, like, hit her and then, like. Uh, it, like, didn't, it just probably bruised her. And yeah, I don't think it, like, broke anything. Or okay. Anything. Um. After this, the Samurals decide that they want to get some distance from the house for a while. And so they leave for the weekend. Um, It's not long enough. While they're gone, (laughs) a neighbor that was walking past heard, like, flapping, like a flapping sound by one of their second-story windows. Like, a bunch of birds were just, like, flapping their wings against this window. Okay. And then all of a sudden... They hear blood-curdling screams coming from the house. No, thank you. And uh, in the movie, they say that, like, something happened while they were at the, at the, you know, wherever they were, too. But yeah. I didn't catch that anywhere <laughs> other than in the movie. <laughs> they were just so I was like, well, I'm just going to. They took a brief vacay. They took a brief vacay. But when they came home everybody was like you weren't home but we were freaking out because we heard screams coming from your house like all the neighbors heard it they all heard it that's fucking terrifying um no thank you yeah they all were like what the fuck um (laughs) Aaron just like freaking (laughs) father son the holy spirit cross like blessed herself (laughs) she's like I'm out (laughs) Uh, um so like Things just start getting, like, more and more physical at this point. Um, Jack was home alone at some point and had fallen asleep reading in bed. And when he woke up, he was levitating two feet off of the bed. <laughs> She's doing it again. Um, <laughs> I don't think I'd fucking know what to do if I woke up and was two feet off my bed he, just floating. He said basically what happened was that he woke up, was levitating, and then within, like, split seconds, had fallen back down over there. Erin <laughs> <laughs> just said, that's no for me, dog. Yes. Goodbye. Um, at this time, John and Mary would hear, which are the parents, would yeah. hear laughing 
children laughing. Oh, that's when I nope the fuck out. Running around on Jack and Janet's side when nobody was home. <laughs> um, in yeah. June of 1985, Janet and Jack were sleeping when Janet was abruptly pulled by her right leg and yanked out of her bed. Um, and started to be dragged across the floor. Goodbye. Um, as this was happening, Jack was unable to move. He said that he was awake, but he couldn't help her because he could not get up. Um, uh, and uh, eventually nope. this, quote, invisible force, <laughs> that's what they call it in the book, <laughs> um, gave up. And then banging and pounding started happening inside the walls it was just like this loud banging and like and the kids heard it everybody heard it um and um I have the chills this and then at the same time noticed a bad smell demons so, demons sulfur this really got me because i'm like one of those people in horror movies where if something happens to the animal i get really upset um the family had a a family they had a family dog no a, um, a german shepherd no that was 75 pounds he doesn't die he's okay okay, okay um, that's all i need to know but uh <laughs> janet at one point was in the kitchen and saw him levitate off the ground and get thrown against the wall <gasps> like a 75 no, pound dog like the puppy what the fuck can pick up a 75 pound dog like it's nothing and throw it against the wall oh like what God. fuck that's terrifying um the kids started noticing that their pillows were being punched while they were sleeping at night. Like, they are, like, right next to their heads and stuff. Yeah. Um, they would hear scratching in the walls. Pots and pans would start flying around. Like, like the, at this point, the activity is, like, out of hand. It's not just things go missing now and then. I hear the toilet flush every once in a while. I heard you call my name. It's That's like weird. Every fucking it's ten minutes. Every fucking ten minutes, there's something <laughs> fucking weird going on. Oh my um, god. Things are going missing still, and it would cause fights between the girls. Oh, because yep. they'd be like, "You stole my jewelry," and the other one would be like, "No, I didn't." Or, "You stole my clothes." No, I didn't. So I know that all too well. <laughs> they're start, They're trying like so. Obviously, whatever this thing is is trying to divide them. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, oh, sisterly. Like, I know, hey, Courtney, I know that I stole a bunch of Courtney shit. And one time, Courtney told me she didn't have a tank top of mine. And then I found it. Like, six years later. Girl, I can't tell you the amount of thick. times my sister and I, I it, w- it would be to the point where, like, we'd steal each other's shit. And then we'd be like, where's my gray t-shirt? And we wouldn't be able to find it. And I go in my sister's room, and it would be hanging in her fucking closet. Yep. And I literally hamper. I and like she wouldn't be home, so I would go get my mom, and I'd bring her upstairs and be like, "Do you see my T-shirt hanging in her closet?" She's like, "Just take it back." And I'm like, "Are you gonna do anything? Aren't you gonna do anything about this?" <laughs> and of course, I was five years younger than my sister, and my sister obviously developed before me, so she used to take a lot of my shirt, my like clothing, and then stretch them out and ruin them. No. Because it wouldn't fit me anymore. Ugh. You are so lucky you had a brother. Erin <laughs> says she can't relate. <laughs> um, so stuff just, if you think it couldn't get any worse, it does. Mm-hmm. Um, Jack starts getting bitten. All of them. That's when I leave. 
start getting nope. like scratches and weird things on their arms. But Jack gets bitten in three different places. See, even if I've made it this far, which I probably wouldn't, the second something touches me like that in a freaking hor- horrifyingly way, no, I'm out. I will sleep on the fucking street before I sleep in a house where I'm going to wake up bitten with bite marks from demons. I want to just like preface this a little bit. Some of this activity may or may not have occurred before the Warrens got there. There were some accounts that said it happened prior to the Warrens getting there. Some of it said that it happened while they were there. Probably happened while they were there and before. Yeah, but I just couldn't find exactly when some of this stuff happened. So I'm telling you about all of their experiences, not about the stuff that the Warrens experienced. Okay, I I'm, gotcha. I'm just telling you about what the family experienced right now. Whether or not this, this happened while the Warrens were there is, like, you can try yeah. to determine that for yourself. I'm just telling you the, this event. See, timelines of these kind of things are They're very, so very difficult. They're so hard. Um, you said if something touched me like that. So here we go. Uh, you gave me a hint of this. I'm ready. <laughs> Jack claimed that he was raped by a succubus if you guys don't know what a succubus is um it's a demon or a supernatural entity in folklore in female form that appears in dreams to seduce men usually through sexual activity that is wikipedia and a male version is an incubus per Aaron. per Aaron. <laughs> um he claimed that this happened several times no um, no yeah it's weird um, I'd like, I'm sorry. I just have to say, like, that is the one thing that always gets me about these cases is people are like, oh, yeah, like I was raped by a ghost like 80 times. And I'm like, okay, at what point did you not think I'm going to fucking go outside and leave? I don't care if I'm a 10 year old child. I don't care if I'm a six year old man. I am fucking getting out and being like, I'm never going back. Like, at what point do you not just leave? Well, according to the Smurls, it would follow them. Oh. Wherever they went. That was scary. Um, that just did he, not help me at all. <laughs> so this is, this is Jack's <laughs> version of events. He said that he was in the living room alone mm-hmm. watching a baseball game um, mm-hmm. when he saw an old woman with long green teeth and gums. She had open <laughs> sores <laughs> all over her body. I'm going to throw up. He's... In the book, he said they looked like leprosy sores. Ooh. Um, he was paralyzed and unable to move. And this is when she mounted him and <gasps> rode him. He just let it happen? He couldn't move. Oh. He was paralyzed. Um, Jack said the next day his nether regions <laughs> were Sorry. sore. Oh, God. Um, and... He said that he went to go take a shower after this happened. Obviously, I would, too. Um, and he said he had a like there was like this goop Ugh. like all over him. I'm going to th- oh, stop it. I'm going to throw up. <laughs> he said he, had, he like, couldn't get it off. It was like he said he had a hard time getting it off. I'm lighting myself on fire now. Goodbye. <laughs> and um, Jack takes a shower, comes down. And tells Janet about what happened to him. This is when Janet tells him that she has also been sexually assaulted. What? 
it was like touching her in bed inappropriately. One of their daughters, the oldest one, Dawn, was also assaulted in the shower. Holy shit. Um, and weirdly enough, the next day, they go to sleep. She's like, and I think that, um, like, this is when Janet is like, I'm, I gotta get fucking help. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Um, finally. <laughs> and they wake up the next day and they're sitting down with the kids, and Dawn tells Jack and Janet about a dream that she had and recounts his entire experience back to him in vivid detail. Like, saw the whole fucking thing. Creepy. She saw it. Like, in a dream. In a, but, like... Yeah. Yikes. Oh, no. No, no. Oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. No, 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 no. We watch too much TikTok. At some point during all of this, like I said, timeline, <laughs> real iffy, Mary Smurl, uh, Jack's mother, has a heart attack. And so now they're super concerned about her health. Like, Ooh. yucky, weird things are going on, and now her health's bad. That's not good. That's no bueno. And by this point, like, the family's, like, happiness and wealth and stuff like that, it's just, like, down. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they're having trouble making ends meet. Things in their life just can't, like, like it just seems like nothing goes right. Oh. It's just bad. Like, bad, bad luck. Oh, how the turntables. Oh, how the turntables. <laughs> <laughs> we are near Scranton. I had to. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how the turntables. I love that. Um, initially, the Smurls were, like, really reluctant to, like, go to anybody. They tried to contact the church. Mm. Nobody would help them. You know, they were getting the runaround. Yeah. That kind of stuff. Um, but in the book, it says that a friend recommended the Warrens. Interesting. Um, that they were in some sort of article. They were big at the time. They had d- they'd done Amityville at this point. They've done a couple of big cases. They're pretty well known. I often forget about Amityville. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I did. Oh, I know you covered it. Go back it. and listen to that episode. <laughs> um, and they were really wary to any sort of like attention mm-hmm. that it could bring. That was negative. Yeah. It's just bad. Of course. Um, and but eventually they do call in Ed and Lorraine Warren. Um, and this investigation was like highly publicized. Yeah. Like bad. Um, the book says that Janet Smurl went to one of their lectures at a local college. Mm-hmm. And that's how she kind of got in contact with them. Yeah. Some of the other sources that I found, like articles and things like that, said that they went public first. And then the Warrens came in. Like, because okay. they were interested about like the case they were like had read about the case and they were like this seems interesting but i think that they probably called them in i like that's just my gut feeling I but was it was kind of like weird it, like one thing said one thing and other things said yeah i was gonna say things. i feel like at that point if they're s- they're so big that i feel like they would have called them in yeah they would like the smurls would have contacted them i'm sorry where does this take place again pennsylvania, pennsylvania. so they're they're from connecticut yeah, so they're it's, not going to, like, know. It's not p- like they're yeah. really seeing them on the news or it's not, like, in their local paper. Right. And they're so busy with their other cases. Like, yeah, I feel like they probably would have been called in. Right. I think that that's what happened, but I just had to, no- like, mention that that's not what all the sources say. Yeah. Um, so they contacted 
Ed and Lorraine Warren in January and then again in August of 1986. By this point, they've been living in the house for like a while. They moved in in 1971. And it's 1986. Like (laughs) over 15 years. 10 years. Yeah. Um, So the Warrens come to the house in January with um, a nurse and psychic named Rosemary Freud. And I only found her name in like another source. It was like very like hidden. Yeah. But in the book, they mention her name. Okay. Um, but they don't mention her like last name. I don't think. Um. Okay. And they came to investigate the house. All three of them together. Uh huh. Um. After taking a look around, the Warrens sat the Smurls down and said that there were four entities in their home. Yeah. Um. The f- there were two women. One was, like, an older woman, and then the younger woman um, was apparently, like, could be violent. Like could that's, be. That's the, that's what Lorraine got anyway. Of course. The other was a man um, who had died on the property at some point, um, but she thought he was pretty harmless. And okay. then the fourth entity was a demon. No, of course it is. Who was <laughs> controlling the other three spirits. That explains a lot. And she said because the younger of the two women had this propensity to be like nasty and violent, he mm-hmm. was like he was like I don't know if he was using her really or if like she was working alongside. Yeah. Because she didn't she was just icky. Yeah. But either way, <laughs> he's there. <laughs> this there demon. Is. And he's <laughs> li- and he's like, Hey spirits, do my bidding. Um <laughs> And th- Lorraine said that the violent activity was caused by the demon and the younger woman. Yeah. Um, they said that it was very weird that the Warren said, sorry, the Warren said that it was kind of strange that the demon was attacking them because um, the Smurls, like I said, were a tight knit family. They were religious. They didn't have any marital problems. Yeah. So like there was nothing going wrong really in their lives. And like if you guys, if you haven't listened to the Snedeker house, um, <laughs> what is should. the Hallahan funeral home? Um, the, the son had cancer. Like so he lacked the so the demon latched onto him. So like the fact that like that house had something obviously very wrong and the demon latched onto the person who was weakest. Yeah. W- was like normal whereas this was like a tight-knit religious close family yeah and it was like why would a demon target them that's so weird the (laughs) this was the warren's (gasps) conclusion (laughs) and i was like i have like a bunch of question marks i was like uh huh oh Um, god okay they concluded that because their daughters were going through puberty that the demon was pulling energy from their emotional turbulence (laughs) Are you? What? This was the Warren's conclusion. <laughs> yes. Bro, bro. I was like, what? Okay. Here's the thing. I love the Warrens. They were the greatest paranormal researchers of ever. But that seems a little far fetched to me. Fucking hell, were they a freaking product of their time? It seemed. <laughs> it seemed to me like the demon was already there. Yeah, I have a feeling it was probably already there, and then they did all those renovations, and they might have pissed it off. Yeah, exactly. That's what I thought. That's normally a big thing. Is and I was you, like, wait, what? These kids are going through puberty, so it's like, hey, I'm gonna come out. <laughs> oh my god, look at all this weird energy because these kids are becoming adults. I'm gonna use it. 
I mean, I guess. I guess it's possible. Any real paranormal <laughs> researchers out there who are not me, please <laughs> tell me if this is possible. <laughs> this demon was like, look at all the angst of growing breasts. <laughs> I'm going to use this power. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. What? Yeah. I love the, the Warrens. Power. I love the Warrens, but goddamn what? <laughs> no, I really didn't understand that. Um, <laughs> so the Warrens obviously <laughs> at this point are like, yeah, something's weird going on is going on in your house. Uh-huh. We're gonna come in, yeah, and we're gonna investigate. And they had several investigators come in, and it was long and drawn out, like okay. it normally is. Um, Ed Warren claimed that on their very first night in the house, I saw you undo the pocket. <laughs> she she buttoned it actually, and I've been resisting every urge to immediately undo it. <laughs> That's why I started laughing. I was like, I could really fuck with her right now and just immediately undo the pocket. Erin has, like, She's these snap pockets on her pants, guys, and I've been unbuttoning them since she got here, and I just, like, she just snapped it, and I was almost immediately going to, like, rip her pocket open. She, she has her hand ready. She's, like, fully fucking ready to fucking karate chop me right now. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> so on their very first night in this house, um, Ed claimed that... um. While he was alone, you know, saying prayers or whatever. Yeah. A dark mass materialized in front of him. Yep. And that the room went suddenly like freezing cold. <laughs> um, and this is a quote from directly from Ed Warren from Ranker.com. He said, I did not have to wait moments when the very thing I felt was a drop in temperature of at least 30 degrees. Ooh. Then a dark mass formed about three feet in front of me. I'm going to poop myself now. Uh, the, the Warrens <laughs> claimed to have seen mirrors and furniture shaking when they played <laughs> religious music and when they prayed. Um, there's also this really scary picture where, like, literally they're all sitting at the table and there are a bunch of other chairs, like, levitating and, like, dropping on top of them. Wait a second. There's a picture of it. The whole family's sitting at the table, and there's just chairs levitating? I don't know if it's the whole family, but there are people at the table, and there are chairs just falling on top of them. I'll show you the picture when we get done, and I'm going to put it up. It's scary shit. Please do. I want to see this. Um, (laughs) Demons. Demons. Well, there wasn't. No, I I mean, you can't fake that. I was... Well, that's going to say, yeah. uh, they, I mean, I mean, if it's not real. they. So Aaron was pointing out the fact that like this was not during a time of digital photography. So, I mean, if you've ever watched any of the Conjuring movies, they always have almost like this assistant with them mm-hmm. that is always manning some kind of either Polaroid camera mm-hmm. or just like, um, I don't know. They have the headphones terms. with, the, with like, the microphone. They always have like the old microphones and video cameras. And you got to remember, this was this was not a digital age. No. Yeah. This was like I saw that picture and I was like, holy shit. That would be exceptionally hard to fake. I'm, I'm curious. Yeah. So on another occasion when Ed was there, he said he was going through the house um, doing a ritual called a religious provocation. Um, And he explained it in the book. Religious provocation is where you go through every room and you invoke the name of Jesus Christ and his sacred blood. Uh And then you command the demon to reveal itself and be banished to where it came from. All right. Um, I couldn't find what room exactly he was in in the book. He said he was in one of the girls rooms. 
um, one of the daughter's rooms. Okay. And he said he was doing the religious provocation ritual in there, and suddenly the room got cold. So as the temperature dropped in the room, he looked into this mirror that was on top of like a like a dresser, a dresser kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, this is a quote from him, a mucus-like smoky type substance begin to whirl and materialize in the mirror and spell out filthy obscenities telling me in no uncertain terms to get out of the house. That again is from ranker.com. Um, more specifically in the book, it tells him or it tells, it tells you, sorry, that um, what it spells out is you filthy bastard, get out of this house. Fun. <laughs> um, the house started shaking. No. And then two the two female spirits appeared, dressed in colonial clothing. Yeah. And they were seen by multiple people walking through the house throughout no. the night. Jesus fucking Christ. Um, <laughs> Ed claims to have audio and video of this phenomena. Oh, okay. Um, but he <sighs> claims that he turned it over to the Catholic Church, so we're never getting that evidence ever. Okay, I love the Warrens, but I feel like quite often they're like, whoop, evidence was destroyed by something, yeah. or it's gone, you just can't have it. Like, a lot of their evidence was destroyed by a flooding basement. Yeah, they, yeah, their like, basement got flooded. I don't know. But I mean, I, then there's things like... Um, if you've seen the new Conjuring movie, they have the actual tape of the um, of the boy of the, the exorcism bo- of the, of the, the boy. exorcism of the boy. Yeah, so, and you hear it, which a oh, fucking Bilbo Baggins just fucking acquired that goddamn tape. In case anybody was wondering, Bilbo Baggins. Um, that is a true thing. You can look it up on his museum's freaking Twitter. They're they played in the Conjuring. They play it throughout the credits. The credits of yeah. the Conjuring, it but it's scary. the it's like the real tape of the exorcism of this boy, and like you hear the demonic screams and stuff. It's horrifying. And of course, Bilbo Baggins is like, "I'm gonna put this in the exhibit with the haunted rocking chair, and I'm gonna pay, play it on a loop." Woohoo! And I'm like, "You're fucked, man." Yeah. <laughs> It is kind of awesome, but like it's also kind of scary. I was it like, is terrifying. I want to know how he acquires these things so easily. <laughs> because he's got money. He's got lots of money. He knows a guy. <laughs> Although I was, I mean, he does have money because at one point I was watching one of those new episodes that just came out recently, uh-huh. like in the last like couple, six months, and he's driving to one of the investigations and he's clearly driving like, it's either like a Ferrari or a fucking like... It's a really fucking nice sports car. And it's like, you can see they've got, like, the logo on the seat was all blurred out. Like, and you can tell, like, the seat leather's, like, red. The seat belt's red. Hard eye roll. And, like, they don't show the car. <laughs> Hard eye roll. But like, I was like, God damn it, of course. Um, so, like I said, this whole time, Jack and Janet have been trying to get the diocese of the Catholic of the Catholic Church in the area involved, yeah. and they've come. He has a Lambo. Yeah. Wait, wait! Did you like look up a picture of it? Girl, let's <laughs> see it. It's a Lamborghini. Oh my God! Look at it. Well, he's got more than one. Bilbo Baggins has a Lamborghini. But like, there's more pictures down here. He got more than one. Oh. He's also got a Rolls Royce. 
there's also a picture of him with a Merc. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, how do, um, excuse <laughs> me. There's a charger. Okay, cool. Here, you can take this back. I'm sad now. <laughs> <laughs> He's probably got a garage with 80,000 cars that I would absolutely it's die like that, to have. Um, it's like in Iron Man when Tony mm. Stark brings you into his, into his garage and it's oh. Um, anyway, continue. They've been trying to, uh, the, the, uh, the Smurls have been trying to bring in the local diocese of the Catholic Church. Yeah. But they've been getting the runaround. Um, but finally, the Warrens seem to get someone from the church involved. Not their local church, though. Um, who they get involved is a man named Reverend Robert McKenna. And he's from Our Lady of the Rosary Chapel in Monroe, Connecticut. Is he a... He's not involved in any other cases they do, is he? I think he might be. I was like, as I recognize that name. I think he might be. They didn't. Okay. They were kind of wary about bringing him in because they really wanted to bring in someone local that could help them locally. And once they left, could help continue to help them. That's fair. Um, but since nobody, since they weren't getting any help and people were being mean, they brought him in. Mm-hmm. Um, he was considered a rogue priest. Because he <laughs> rejected the Vatican II, which is where, like, they wanted to have a lot of the services in English and change some of the way they did things in the, in the Catholic religion. Gotcha. And, like, to kind of come with the times. Yeah. You know, not saying stuff in Latin anymore, stuff like that. And he was really a traditionalist and kind of broke away from the new version of the of the Catholic Church. Yeah. Um. He came in and did three exorcisms of the house, all of which were unsuccessful, according to the family. Um, Janet said that the demon... (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) The demon would avoid the exorcism by moving between the duplexes. (laughs) That's... (laughs) fucking obnoxious so they'd be doing one exorcism on one side and he'd go to the other side (laughs) and then the same thing vice versa i would have like i'd have him talking into a phone or something and i'd have the other line on speaker in the other fucking part of the house it's like the 80s but you know fucking something like fucking record him saying it and play it in the other side right right jesus so eventually (laughs) another priest from a local diocese, uh-huh. does come to the house in 1986. Oh, okay. He's unidentified. We don't know who he is. Okay. Um, he stayed for two days and then left because nothing unusual happened. And they were like, uh. And I think these, ex- like I told you about these exorcisms by um, Robert McKenna, they were not all at once. He, he came in, did one, it didn't work. Came back a few months later, did one, didn't work. Yeah. Stuff like that. Um, so when this priest kind of came in 1986, we don't really know. Yeah. Um, while all of this is happening, they have gone public. Ooh, okay. At this point. Um, and they've talked to a couple of reporters. Like I said, I couldn't really tell if they did it before the Warrens came or after. And that's why I'm kind of just bringing it up now. Yeah. I don't really know when it happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but at this point, they have gone to the press. Okay. And there's a lot about their case went national like super quick really um and curious crowds of onlookers in the hundreds were coming to the smurl house to get a good look even reporters like in their lawn camping out there are pictures of people like in their driveway trying to get a look in windows like it was bad um ooh 
And Janet claimed that the publicity actually caused more activity in the house because the demon didn't like it. (laughs) I mean, I would say that because there's more people around, there's more energy for it to draw off of. I guess that's true. Okay. Um, It's like, fuck this fame. I'm pissed. (laughs) So their daughter, um, one of the twins, Karen, actually told um, the Pocono record a couple of years ago um, that... And this is quote from the Pocono record. I remember once it got into the media. I was sorry. I remember once it got into the media, we had people knocking on our windows and doors, bricks thrown through our windows. People were terrorizing us. Like they'd have kids like parked outside the house, making fun of them, like stuff like that. It was bad. That's so Um, awful. What is wrong with people? She also told the Pocono record that at one point, Jack and John like sat out on the porch of the house with rifles. (gasps) to keep the press and people away from their house. I don't blame them. They were like, wow, (laughs) this got out of hand real quick. Yep. And they, they basically went public to get the diocese involved. Yeah. And that's why that guy did end up coming and he stayed for two days and then left and did nothing. And did fucking nothing. Um, eventually a Scranton native director, writer, man, Dwight Schrute. What? Dwight Schrute. No, (laughs) Jason Miller, um, you actually, if you guys are horror movie buffs, which I am, will know him as Father Karras from The Exorcist. He played that character. Guess what movie Nicole hasn't seen? Shut up. <laughs> um, Don't look at me like that. <laughs> he, he even visited the Smurl home. He said that he wasn't sure if the activity was due to a demonic entity but he believed that there was seriously something going on there yeah and he told the scranton times that the smurls feared that the infestation would eventually like get to the family yeah it would get bad um but by october 1986 the incidents quote had stopped and what they said was that on the at the third exorcism Basically, once it was over, they sat down and continued to pray, like, for a while. Wow. And, like, that's how it, that's how it kind of, they kept it at bay. Like, they continued the, like, once the exorcism was over, it wasn't just like, okay, bye. You know, yeah. bye, exorcism man. It was, let's sit around the table and pray for a long fucking time. Yeah. So, the aftermath of all of this. Many skeptics believe that um, the attacks that were experienced by the Smurls were very similar to domestic violence and that possibly the Smurls were covering up domestic violence by saying that there was activity going on there in their home. That doesn't really make any sense because the Warrens didn't see anything like that. And I don't think they would have come in had that been the case. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like the Warrens had come in and that was really the case. They wouldn't have come out with as much as they did yeah, they wouldn't yeah. have been able to fucking write a book about it this theory has never been verified and so i don't really think it's fucking true i mean to be honest if, if you look at it if you look at any haunting in that way you of could course do, it could look y- like you that. could look like that that's that's yeah okay. yeah i don't like that <laughs> the second theory is that the family was possibly having a mass hallucination Ah, yes, that's that's the one. So in 1983, so three years prior to when the incident stopped, um, Jack Smurl went into surgery to remove water from his brain. This was due to complications from a childhood case of meningitis. Um, And 
they like people have said that maybe a brain tumor could have caused attacks like could have caused the attacks like he could have hallucinated them and that the family would have drawn off of that and then in in turn had their own hallucination but it's crazy they were like getting like scratched and bitten and like it that just doesn't make any sense like what am i doing biting myself and being like oh i hallucinated my bite (laughs) (laughs) no like i'm not gonna bite myself or something like that you said that (laughs) my bite my bite (laughs) um there's actually a guy named professor paul kurtz and he's from the state university of new york at buffalo Mm-hmm. And he's actually the former chairman of the committee for the scientific scientific investigations of claims of the paranormal. That's what he is. That is a fucking title. Um, <laughs> he believed um, that the Smurl haunting started with Jack's illness and that the whole family like fell into his delusions. I don't really understand that. See, that's, I I, that's that true. doesn't make any sense. Like, I'm sorry if somebody in my family is like oh my god this is happening to me and like all this weird shit my first instinct is not going to be like well i had a weird experience and then you have and a then third spiral like yeah and then you have a third party what? coming in that's not a part of the family the warrens and they're investigate in their investigative teams who are saying they've experienced similar stuff are they also yeah. a part of the mass hallucination well, doesn't say, make and, any sense and it's not it's not like it's one adult and a bunch of kids like this is children teenagers how would they uh, fake this for more than a decade young adults and adults and then the warrens and you're trying to tell me and the and the neighbors heard shit yeah like i'm sorry that doesn't make sense to me i i they said it followed them places the neighbors said that things were happening like it was the Warrens had activity happen to them. Their investigative team had things happen to them. Yep. That's like a lot of people to like be like, oh, this is a mass hallucination. Yeah. Like and the fact that they've been living there since 1971 and he got his the water out of his brain in 1983. How are you having a mass hallucination for over a decade? Exactly. I'm sorry. That doesn't make any sense to me. Um, I was going to say, even if there was like a gas leak or something, it would have all started at the same time. Exactly. There was, like, the whole, like, the women saw the black figure. Like, and the, weird the stuff guys didn't believe them. Mm, and then yeah. weird stuff slowly started to happen faster and faster and faster. Like, that, that doesn't make sense. right there doesn't make sense. It doesn't. My thing, too, is that Kurtz had asked to investigate the home. And the Warrens and the Smurls denied his request. I think he was a little bit salty. Um, they said that the Smurls and the Warrens, meaning they, sorry. Yeah. Said that the Committee for the Scientific Investigations of Claims of the Paranormal was a skeptic society and was not oh. going to fairly assess their case. Oh. And so that's why they didn't they let didn't him in. They didn't let him in. And I think he was fucking salty about it. Um, Makes Kurt, sense. Yeah. Kurtz wrote an article in the Skeptical Inquirer, which is a <laughs> newsletter from this society of skeptics <laughs> dear god um, about the case and and even though he'd never been there he'd never been to the house he'd never seen this activity for himself yeah he wrote a fucking but article. he wrote an article about it right yeah he's a, he's a he's a fucking expert um yes. <laughs> he claims that the story was a hoax because there were no independent observers other than the warrens and the smurls but they had their investi- investigative team. So it wasn't yeah, just the Warrens. They, it was other people, too. I, I hate when people say that. It's like it's it's not just Ed and Lorraine. Ed and Lorraine had help. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, and also he tried to explain away some of the like uh, like the less physical experiences, like the smells. Yeah. Um, like things going bump in the night, you know, the creaking, the walking, the, the voices, I things mean, like that. By anybody can exp- try, try to, to explain, explain that. Shit. And don't you? And th- I just said like earlier that they tried to debunk this from the fucking beginning. Yeah. The Smurls did. So like, don't you think they would have thought of that? They were there for almost fifteen years before they finally called in help. Like. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't think that <laughs> they they very sir. much spent many years trying to believe nothing was happening and trying they, to find rational explanations exactly, for what was happening. Exactly. Exactly. Doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't. Here's the next thing that makes me think, do I need to stop the recording? You guys are laughing too hard. <laughs> <laughs> I just like tried to make myself stop laughing and I was like I like took a deep breath and she like mocked me immediately and it just like struck this chord. I I was like, it was like, I just started dying laughing. I apologize. You're fine. So this is what really makes me think that this was not fucking made up. Okay. So the squirrels eventually move out of this house. Okay. They move back to Wilkes Bar. In 1987, 1988. It varied between sources. But this time it doesn't follow them? A week after moving into their new home. She smirked at me when I asked that question. A black mass manifested in their house. Oh, fuck that. A fourth exorcism was conducted in their new home. Oh, Christ. In May of 1989. And this time was done officially by the Catholic Church. Fucking finally. Um, this exorcism is believed to be the longest and most powerful that the family endured and no details have been released. Well, yeah, because it's it's, it's so protected information by the church. Information. You can read this book, The Haunting of Family's Journey or whatever it is, and hear what happened in these three exorcisms with Reverend McKenna. What he claims and the family claims what happened. This one, you can't read shit about. There's nothing. And I could have told you what happened in all three of those exorcisms, but we would have been here for three hours. Oh, boy. I'm at seven pages of notes without that. Oh, geez. And with that, I was (laughs) like at 11 pages. So I was like, I'm cutting that out. You say that would have made it a two-parter. If you want to know what happened, read the book. Would have made it a (laughs) two-parter. That's what I'm going to (laughs) say. A woman named Deborah Owens moved into the Chase Street home where the Smurls had been living in 1988. And she told reporters that she had never encountered anything supernatural while living there because it fucking followed them. It followed them. Duh. Um... (laughs) <laughs> Robert Coran, a reporter f- for the Scrantonian Tribune. That's a name. The Warrens and Jack and Janet Sm- Smurl co-authored the book, The Haunted, One Family's Nightmare, which okay. was published in December of 1988, prior to their fourth exorcism in the home. Ooh, okay. At the very end, you can hear, like, in the book, because I did listen to, like, the last couple chapters to make sure I didn't miss anything. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, it followed like that's where it left you off was that it had followed them to the next. It, it had followed them. So, mm-hmm. oh, that's interesting that they. I I'm surprised that they. 
weird maybe they like knew that they were gonna move and they knew they were leaving so they were like writing this book and then they planned to release it and then when they moved they had like they were i think they were still working on it when when they moved yeah and then they like they found out that it followed them and that's how they ended up having to end it because they like needed to finish up the book or something yeah yeah they hadn't gotten to the next that's exorcism or whatever that's crazy i'm surprised they haven't did they ever release like almost like a version with like an addendum that was like no i don't think so that would have been such a good idea they i mean maybe they did i listen i i didn't i listened to it on audible yeah um so it might be different in the actual physical book mm-hmm. um another thing that happened after this was a movie a two-hour made for tv movie called the haunted yep was released in 1991 um by 20th century fox it was written by robert coran the warrens and the smurls so i think it's pretty accurate to the book yeah that's why i was like this is what the movie says i'm you know i think it's happening you know that's why i was like it's kind of it's pretty decent yeah um i watched it it was good kind of hokey for 1991 but it was good um and it starred jeffrey demun as jack smurl and sally kirkland as janet smurl um another thing that um karen smurl the young one of the younger daughters one of the twins told the Pitson Press, Pitson, Pitson, <laughs> the, the Pitson Press, the Pitson and Press. this is a quote from their newspaper, um, we never made any money from the book or the movie. Who would want to go through all that media and public bashling, bashing? To the naysayers, I hope it doesn't take something as extreme. Wait, okay, I'm going to read this again. 15% alcohol. <sighs> we never made money from the book or movie. Who would want to go through all that media and public bashing? To the naysayers, I hope it doesn't take something as extreme as what we went through to make them believers. We wouldn't wish our experiences on anyone. And Jack Smurl died in June of 2017 from complications with diabetes. And as far as I am aware, Janet... And obviously the daughters are still alive. Wow. And that, my friends, is the wonderful case of the Smurl family haunting. That's why I don't fucking believe that it was fucking fake. Because it followed them to their next house, which actually made the church fucking listen. And they came in and did something official. When the church gets involved. Fuck you, professor dude. so classified that nobody knows what happens besides the people that were fucking there. I start to believe it. (laughs) Yeah, sorry, State (laughs) of University of of New York, a Buffalo man. You're fucking wrong. He was just bitter because he didn't get to investigate. He was salty. They didn't let him in. He was like, I'm going to near you exactly because then like two years later it was like actually well the church came in jk lol they are actually really really fucked right now (laughs) Uh, yeah (laughs) so there we go right out the gate wow that was fucking intense i know a lot of fucking shit happened to them i'm happy that they're like i mean obviously aside from the father passing away but i mean you know he's old yeah, say, but I'm happy that they're like doing well. He was in his 40s when that happened. Things. He was in his 40s when the Warrens came in like the 80s. And that was in the 80s, and he passed away in 2017. He was almost 80. Yeah. So or I mean, he was, or he was, and or almost was 80. I'm bad at math, guys. Don't. I mean, I didn't have his birth date, so yeah, who knows for sure? But there you go. 
Beep, beep, beep. It's pretty crazy. Yerp. <laughs> <laughs> but it, can you tell how I was just like, okay, there's all this stuff happening. They move into this new house. It was, it was very similar. And then the Warrens come. <laughs> so I was like, Ugh, okay, this is the exact same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I had a hard time researching this one, guys. It's interesting once you get into it, but I had a hard time getting into it. Yeah. Because I was like, this is the same thing. Because from the outside, it almost looks exactly the same. Pretty it's much. the down and dirty details. That, that are different. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. I'm glad I read the book. Well, most of the book. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I did what I could. We busy. <laughs> I'm a busy person. But yeah. Ed and Lorraine Warren case number one, down. That's it. I think it was real. I don't think they it were faking me, shit. I I want to see if I can find was, that picture of the. Yes, I want to see, see if I can it. Find it right now. Here, while you look that up, I am going to tell our listeners where they can find us. Ooh, yay! Okay, I'm going to try and do this while also looking this up at the same time. All right. So, guys, our social media. We are on Facebook and Instagram at Buzzkillers Podcast. Buzzkillers Podcast. We are on Twitter at Buzzkillers Pod. Buzzkillers Pod. If you hop over to YouTube and get into that little search bar of yours, you can search Buzzkillers colon a true crime podcast. Buzzkillers colon a true crime podcast. And while you're over there, please hit that subscribe button. We've been getting lots of subscribers lately, so thank you. <gasps> thank you. Um, but the more we get, as long as we hit 100, we can customize that URL so you don't have to deep dive in the search bar for us. You can just like YouTube.com slash whatever we choose. Yep. Um, so like I said, subscribe. Thank you for liking and subscribing <laughs> i promise you won't be disappointed um <laughs> we are also on patreon like we mentioned in the beginning of the episode yes it is patreon.com slash buzzkillers podcast um i can't say that one like that <laughs> <laughs> we have uh, two different tiers if you'd like to join um every month you pay a fee and guys we are super cheap there's only there's two tiers one is two dollars a month one is a dollar a month um both the dollar a month has all of the same as two dollars a month except for a few bonus things if you join if you join uh, for the two dollars a month we will send you a handwritten thank you card you will get an exclusive buzzkiller sticker (gasps) um and you will become part of our um instagram close friends list so you'll get a lot of behind the scenes stuff from there too um so please please we would appreciate if you join um the patreon comes with a lot of exclusive content we have so much coming up for july we do um right now i know it's a little bit slow to start so i do apologize but we have the exclusive mp Priestley video interview and up there amazing. right now he was absolutely amazing um i actually talked to my mom and she was like i learned so much about jack the ripper that i never thought i knew right <laughs> and i tried like i even asked my dad and my dad who was law enforcement i was like dad what do you know about jack the ripper and he did like the oh yes he was a medical man with like a top hat and was like and i was like haha no he wasn't go listen to the episode so if you want to know more go check that out um she has a picture she has a picture i have the picture of the what (laughs) silence from stunned (laughs) stunned stunned face Excuse me. Sun phases. Yeah. Crazy, right? That's absolutely absurd. You guys will see this picture. I'm going to post it. Are you about to Google it? (laughs) (laughs) She's looking things up right now. Okay. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. So, like I said, um, our Patreon, we've got a lot this month. We are going to have some coffee runs coming up. (laughs) 
There's going to be lots of exclusive videos and photos. Guys, um, if you haven't listened to our coffee runs yet, we only have one. Um, <laughs> but they're like super fun. We drove past the John Jamelski house, like weird people, like multiple times. And we we're like, oh, look, look, there it is. There it is, there it is. <laughs> we like fangirled over a serial killer's house. Serial, well, sorry, serial rapist's house. He did house. not kill He anyone. did not kill anybody. <laughs> um, <laughs> Although he did think that he was going to get probation. He so. literally was like, I don't understand. I thought I was going to get probation. We were like, dude, you cannot find people. And that's what his lawyer said, too. Held them for they five like, years. <laughs> that's fucked. You're not going to. It's uh, not false imprisonment. That's <laughs> it's not how that works. <laughs> okay <laughs> anyway but like i said um and if you join our patreon all that money is going to better this podcast yes new technology it is going to bring you merch it is going to bring you so much more behind the scenes things it is just going to make us better than you could ever imagine mm-hmm, um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh so um if you'd like to listen to us that's what's left <laughs> i just had to reorient myself um you can listen to us on apple podcasts spotify Amazon Music or Audible. We are on Google Podcasts. We are on Pandora, iHeartRadio, and our very amazing host platform, Podbean. Platypus. Platypus. <laughs> our host, Platypus. <laughs> That's what I said the last we keep We've said it like four episodes in a row. I'm, uh, I'm not letting it die, the host Platypus. We should just call them that instead of our host platform. I just like picture host this little like purple animated freaking platypus with like like towel hanging over his arm like with a monocle carrying a tray with like a little bow tie and he like greets you at the door and he's like hello welcome to the party and like is all proper in english and like (laughs) walks you inside and he's our host platypus anyway (laughs) platypus in case you were wondering how my brain works. <laughs> <laughs> but, and then, of course, there is our very own website, BudsKillersPodcast.com. BudsKillersPodcast.com. <laughs> and you can go hop on there. There is a whole about section where you can check out a little bit about Macy and I. You can check out all the wines we drink. We put up every wine that we've drank um, with little descriptions. Um, you can head up there and you will see, you can listen to us on the website. You can check out our Instagram feed on the website. Um, there's all sorts of things you can do. There's a lot of stuff on there. And of course, most important, importantly, there is a contact page. Yeah. You hop over to the contact page right on the page. There is a little form you can fill out where you can send us a message. Um, if you would like to send us a message, we would absolutely love to hear from you. Even if you just like. You know, you want to say hi, or you want to recommend a case. You want to recommend a monthly theme. You want to comment on something that we've talked about. You have your own story that you want to share. We want to hear it all. Please email us, guys. If you have anything that you, like, know about a case specifically that we didn't say, stuff like that, be nice. (laughs) (laughs) Don't be rude. Ain't no reason to be rude. We (laughs) want to hear from you. No matter what, we love you all, and we just love we love interacting with you and hearing from you. Exactly. And, like, we just, we love it. So <laughs> send us a message. Like I said, you can literally send a message that, that just says hi, and we'll probably send you back a hi with 18 million exclamation Hello. points and a bunch of smiley faces. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, you can check that out. Or if you don't want to use the website, you can email us directly at buzzkillerspodcast at gmail.com. Buzzkillerspodcast at gmail.com. <laughs> and, um that's all that's really up there there's a if you want to hit our website there's a bunch of um, there's a page of links too so if you don't feel like 
trying to figure out everything we just described in the last 30 seconds, you can head right over to the website and there's a whole page of links that will bring you to everything and anything that we are on or do and whatever. So yeah, we're <laughs> check out that links, that links link. The links link. <laughs> um, we are, yeah, we are there and we hope to hear from you. Yay. Guys, we love you so much, and we so appreciate that you come back every week and you listen to us. Um, We can't tell you how much that means to us. We just started doing this because we thought it would be fun, and it's it's just blossomed and grown in like a year. I can't even believe it. It's literally been I can't. First of all, I can't believe it's been a year. But is that crazy? It blows my fucking mind. The the ninth is our like brainchild date basically uh, the birth date um <laughs> the official birthday and i the fact that we are so close to a year blows my mind yeah i'm i'm but i don't I know i fucking how. wouldn't change it for the world this has been absolutely amazing you guys are amazing thank you for listening to yes. us for all the love that you give us it means the whole world to us <laughs> yes it really does keep listening we'll be back at you next week with some more awesome warren cases like we said be on the lookout for some awesome new content coming out um a lot is kind of come out on patreon so if you haven't subscribed to patreon yet please do so if you feel so inclined um but also we have a special guest coming up this month which we're really really excited about um and mama v told us to mention that we were having a special guest a couple more mom do you hear me i'm listening to you (laughs) special guest special guest (laughs) coming up i'm not gonna tell you when it is but it's coming this month and we're really excited to share it with you we this has been a collab we have been dying for for (laughs) a, uh, a while now so we're really excited um but tune in next week for another warring case and um We'll catch you next next time. Okay, bye. Bye. This episode is brought to you by BK Creations, LLC.